Okay, hi everyone. Welcome back to Let's Rethink This. I'm your host, Abby Berger. Today, I'm so excited to be talking with Independent Center member Angel. Angel has been a member at Independent Center for four years and has grown so much during that time. We actually worked on a project together back in 2018 called the 40 Stories in 40 Days Project where we created short videos of members sharing their life stories and published them on YouTube and the Independent Center Facebook page. So jump forward a couple of years and Angel is now has now graduated with her associate's degree in fine arts and is working toward completing a bachelor's in video editing and film. And today we're really going to be spending some time talking about returning to school and just completing education while living with a mental illness. So welcome, Angel. Hi, thank you for having me, Abby. And thank you for the introduction. You're welcome. So I'd love to start off with sharing a bit about your experience coming to Independence Center. So when and how did you get to Independence Center um, originally? Okay. Um, actually, I was my um, my sister's friend used to work here, and she was talking to her, the person who worked here about it because they they grew up together and everything. And the other person, she recommended the Independence Center to my sister, and she told me about it, and we did the tour, and I liked it, and I was I was ready to go ahead and try it out. So I remember meeting you probably back in. 2017 because that's when I started at Independence Center and you were primarily working in the video lab or what we call the multimedia center at at the clubhouse so for any new listeners who aren't familiar with the clubhouse it's a rehabilitation program in St. Louis for people living with a mental illness the members um, people receiving services come to volunteer working in different areas, learning job skills and building connection and community with other people who have a mental illness. So Angel, you were working in the video lab and learning how to use the equipment. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And had you had experience with video editing or film prior to coming to the clubhouse or was this really your first introduction to it? It was my first introduction to it and um, a person named Amy, I don't know if she still works here or not, but Amy Turk and I worked together on the 40 stories and she got me into video editing using iMovie and I really enjoyed it. At first I was, I was nervous about it, but I jumped in at first, you know, so I learned to like it. Yeah. And I mean, if you guys haven't seen our 40 stories project on YouTube or on our Facebook page, check it out because Angel was the mastermind behind a lot of the editing. She taught me how to do a lot of stuff when we were doing that project. So it was something you kind of had a natural knack in doing, I think. Um, So how, how, tell me a little bit about how you got from learning about video editing in the clubhouse to going back to school. 
for video editing? Like, what did that journey look like for you? When I first started, I was really nervous and kind of um, um, worried, about, very anxious about starting something so daunting. And but then I, I started figuring that I do need something to do here. I want to be a part of this video lab thing. And I really like what they have to offer. It was the thing that sold me into coming to the Independent Center in the first place. So I went in there and I started working with iMovie. And later, um, the uh, computer, that the uh, piece, the, M, the uh, Mac computer, something happened to it. And so I needed to learn Adobe Premiere Pro. I thought it was going to be extremely daunting because if you look at the screen, it's all these things you click on and different um, ways to create all this other stuff, but it's not too bad. I really like it and it's, it's easier. I prefer Adobe Premiere Pro over iMovie any day. Awesome. So when, after you had kind of mastered it, when did you decide to go back to school to work on your associates? Um, actually, that had been a long-term um, goal of mine to do it. And I just had, I needed to get my own place so I can have a place to study because at the time I was living with my mom and she doesn't believe in the internet. So I need to have internet access. So once I got my own place, then it got, got established and then I made the jump. Yeah. <laughs> Going to school is a little bit challenging if you don't have access to the internet, especially in this past year. Did you have to go to school online? Yes. I did. I went to school online. I did all of it online. Wow. That's pretty, you have to have a lot of, uh, I guess, self-control and determination to go to online school, I think. Well, you know, I, I believe I'm, I'm a, I learn better by myself and school atmosphere gives me a lot of anxiety. I've never did like school because of that and I can do better by myself and learn and if I need trouble if I have trouble I can talk to the instructor through email and it's just everything is based on your the merit of your work there's no politics or anything like that involved unlike my last college experience so so you had gone to college previously and started some of your education then can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, yeah, sure. Um, I went to school in Utah, believe it or not, um, Weber State University. And I started that in the year 2000. And I wasn't going to be an English major with the emphasis in journalism because I did have I do have a journalist background. Um, but the my experience was less than stellar because the, 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 the uh, people in that particular field, they're really kind of clicky. And if you don't fit within that, then you're nothing. And so it was like that. And my grades were affected that way. With online schooling, I can get judged based on my merit, not whether someone likes me or not. And that's why I enjoyed online better than um, traditional method of going to school on campus. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And it is a little bit easier to work at your own pace and complete coursework when you have the time and when you're feeling up to it, I would assume. Is that, was that the case for you? 
Yeah, it was. I've been known to have excellent time management skills. So I I thrive in that type of environment. I know how I'm good with scheduling time slots for things and I can manage accordingly. Did you get support from the clubhouse when you decided that you were going to return to school? Like, did you talk to anybody about it? Did you have to get help with anything like the application or anything like that? Um, no, I didn't actually. I just jumped in and took care of it mostly myself. Um, yeah, that's what I did. I took, took care of it all myself. Cool. So did you utilize any of the scholarship funds from Independent Center? Yeah, I did, actually. I did. Um, I don't remember how much it was for what class, how much. I don't know how, how much it was, but it did help me. It helped me a lot. So just for anybody who's listening, who is maybe not familiar, Independent Center's education program helps people go to school at all levels of education. Of at all levels of schooling. So some people come in with no degree and want to finish high school, some with some college experience, some with postgraduate work. And Independent Center offers individualized supports to members who identify education goals and work one-on-one to create individualized plans, provide information and assistance with applications, course selection, registration, and financial aid. So we also have a robust scholarship fund provided by the Sydney Bear Foundation, which helps members return to school without the financial burden of returning to school. So that's a little bit just about our education program if you're not familiar. And it sounds like you, Angel, really only utilized it in the sense of gaining scholarship and really we're working more independently, which is so great. And, you know, I think that's why the education program is set up in that way. It's so people can utilize it however works best for them. So I think it's a good time just to make another note about most serious mental illness. And this may or not, may not be the case for you, Angel, and you might have a comment on this, but typically mental illness onsets in late teens to early 20s. So right as people are in those major transition periods, which can be even more detrimental to pursuing education. Mm-hmm. So I thought this was just interesting. This is something I've learned recently So according to the American Psychiatric Association, 50% of mental illness begins by age 14 and 75% begins by age 24. Youth with emotional and behavioral disorders have the worst graduation rates of all students with disabilities, with only 40% graduating from high school nationally compared to the national average of 76%. The early onset of serious mental illness leads to disruptions in high school and higher education, which has a ripple effect on the overall economic success and well-being of adults with serious mental illness. So that's a pretty staggering statistic that the 
American Psychiatric Association puts out. What, and I don't know if you're comfortable answering this, but if you are, when did your mental illness onset? Was it earlier in your life or was it a little bit later? I believe I was uh, 35 when it happened. That's when the big onset happened. But I believe there was a, a small incident that took place when I was 15 years old. I heard, I heard a male voice that didn't come from anyone in my house because I live in a house full of women with my mom and sisters. So I don't know where that male voice came from, but it really, it, it, it oh, maybe that's God talking to me. I don't know. So. Could have been God. Could have been anything, really. Mm-hmm. So yours was a little bit later um, than than most people, but it still has effects on success of education. And then your education directly impacts your ability to be employed. So mm-hmm. with your, now you have your associate's degree, what is your plan now? Like, do you want to work in that field? Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to have the certification so I can work in that field and just and do that because I really would like to be able to do that. And what do you like most about what you're pursuing with your education? I know you're going for um, both the video editing and film. Which do you like best? Um, I do like video editing the best. I really do. But film, I, I do like movies. I think it's cool how people can make these movies. But I think I like the video editing part better. But I know making a movie is going to be real difficult when it comes to video editing and all that. But I think I'll have fun with it. I don't want yeah. to creating my own movie someday. <laughs> I think that's a great goal. And you are so good at editing. I think because you're, I would say you're more introverted from my interactions with you. I, I would say like you're more yeah, to yourself. True. And video editing is a very individual experience Mm -hmm. so that kind of fits pretty nicely yeah I have another question and more about your experience with online school and with pursuing your education with a mental illness diagnosis did you at any point have to request accommodations or help with your classes no I didn't but I did experience a whole lot of anxiety throughout going through my classes because when I first started, I was just really nervous about how my grades going to turn out and the tests and things like that. And I just, from being out of school for so long, it will do that to you. And I, um, I just was really anxious about what my grades were going to look like. So yeah, that's the hardest part. And no, I didn't seek any help. Yeah. I think that, I mean, anybody returning to school as an adult, that is a little bit anxiety inducing because you have been out of that system for so long and it is jumping back in kind of head first. So tell us if you are willing, tell us how you utilize the clubhouse and independent center 
during your time in school? Like, were you coming to the clubhouse? Did you see a counselor at the health group? Um, did you have a community support worker helping you? What did that look like? Um, yeah, I, I was in counseling and I do have a caseworker and she helped me out a lot with, with um, making appointments and things like that, you know, getting groceries and stuff. And she's been helpful, very helpful. And so as counseling, it gives me um, the tools I needed for, the, uh, for coping mechanisms in order to decrease my anxiety. And they, they helped. And being able to get stuff off your chest every once in a while, that helps too. Yeah, absolutely. I think that having that support is so essential to anyone's success in school, just because it is challenging and you're learning new things and you're meeting new people and interacting with new professors. So <clears throat> there's always going to be a challenge when you're starting something new, but having that support is so beneficial. Did you switch to virtual school this year or was your whole program online from the start? My whole program was online from the start. Well, that makes it a lot easier. I am finishing up my master's and I did half of it in person and half of it virtual because of the pandemic. And it's been a pretty big shift. I would not recommend <laughs> Not recommend that. What would you say to somebody with a mental illness that wants to return to school? Like what advice would you give them? My advice I would give them is to first start with one class. Because if you add more than one, it's going to be really, really stressful because each professor wants to have certain do things do on certain dates. So you're constantly juggling your work. So try it with just one class, see how you do. And if you do really well, then maybe you could add another class in your next semester. But that's, that's what I recommend. And, I, and it, it can be done, you know, going to college after being out of it for so long, it, it can be done and there can be some success in doing so. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that it is inherently more challenging for someone with a mental illness to complete their education? Yeah, it can be because, you know, for, say for instance, for someone who hears voices and they're trying to read their um, textbook, that could be, that's disturbing, you know, and it makes things harder for that person. You know, gives them going to give them more anxiety too and stress because they can't study because their voices are bothering them. Right. Which, you know, hopefully if somebody is experiencing that they're finding medication and support that is quieting down those voices. Mm -hmm. I want to know what's next for you. Are you jumping right back into school? Are you going to take a little break? What does that look like? I think I'm going to start again in the fall. I've got to find a, a university that's going to um, allow me to do what I need to do online. And then you'll be ready to start your bachelor's, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm ready to start it right now. So, yeah, I can see if I can do it all online. And what are you doing in the time between? In the time between, I am working on, I record music and work on my hobbies. Um, 
I do spoken word poetry and I rap under the name Review the Poet. Nice. Tell people how they can find you. You can find me on SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Spotify, and Amazon under Review the Poet. That's R-E-V as in Victor, U-E, and in parentheses, the words, the poet. That's pretty cool. And you've made some um, music videos. Do you want to talk about those at all? Yeah, I did. I made them for an artist by the name of Ratchet Trio 3000. And that was when I was first getting into video editing using um, iMovie. And since then, I've gotten a lot better with making music videos. Um, And other videos, as a matter of fact, um, I think I want to focus, my main focus on making videos would be, I would love to try doing a documentary. And I like to be able to make my own music videos as well. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think um, with anything, we get better over time, right? Like the more you do something, the more you learn how to do it better. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense to me. I think uh, that's really cool. It sounds like you have a lot of good things on the horizon mm-hmm. that you're working on and that you've already been able to accomplish so much and getting your associates. So congratulations on that and good Thank luck you. with Yeah, you're welcome. And good luck with the bachelors. I think that's really exciting. I do, before we end the podcast today, I want to ask you one final question. And it is, if you could debunk one myth about mental illness, what would it be? The myth would be that mental illness does not mean that the person has a weak mind. It does not mean that. I mean, There are lots of people who are very, very, very intelligent who have mental illness. It's not because they have a weak mind. It's just because they, they have, um, they have, there's lots of, they got different problems. People have different problems. And sometimes there's a lot of smart people out here, you know, who have mental illness and they can do their thing. And there are people who have not been diagnosed who have mental illness and they get along somewhat okay as well. So you can't really say that someone has a weak mind regarding mental illness because they're, they're, I will say that they're very strong to be able to handle that and go on and about do their day. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, if you, if you think about someone who's able to navigate their day while hearing voices all day that are so distracting and so intrusive and still oh. are able to make their lunch and get their mail and do all the things that they need to do every day. That takes a lot of strength. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to cover? I don't think I have anything, but I do want to tell those who are listening and who may have mental illness or who have loved ones who have mental illness. um, The best thing you can do for them is to uh, show support. Um, in order to show support for those with mental illness, you know, you, you can be, be a listening ear for them. And, you know, just, you know, a person to confide, not ever tell them to pray on it because that is not going to help them at all. They need someone to, um, to speak to a good person. You know, it could be like your mom, your dad, a counselor, your psychiatrist, Anybody, a sibling, cousin, anybody, anybody you feel that, that you could trust 
enough to speak to about it. I think that's a good note to end on. So if you guys want to learn more about Independent Center's education programming, we're going to put a link in the show notes so you can click on that. Um, make sure you're following us on Instagram at Let's Rethink This Pod. We're going to be posting every new episode up on there. You'll be able to see who we're having on that week. So make sure to give us a follow there. Um, We also launched a loyal listeners club. So if you like what you hear each week and want to donate to support the podcast, you can become either a part-time or full-time listener and donate monthly to support the podcast and creating new content each week, um, which really helps us and helps independent center. So go to our website, www.independentcenter.org and click on the podcast link to learn more. If you are struggling with a mental illness or substance use disorder, please go to our website. Again, that's www.independentcenter.org for a list of local and national resources. I can't wait to talk with you all next week. Mm -hmm.